Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are ready to talk about age differences. <laughs> the Garbage Fire Podcast is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. I have, like, opposite answers to that question. Do you? Well, that's good. We'll get there when we get there. Okay, great. Um, that might be, possibly, the first time that we've ever done a nod to a question in the opening. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to go back we, and listen. We fucking the... brain farted for three minutes trying to come up with something else. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go back and listen to the other 125 to figure that out, but here we are. Um, here we are. Hello. Hi. It's, uh, it's Sunday, Sunday night, so who knows what's going to happen here. Uh, <laughs> sometimes the nighttime ones go really well. Other times, uh, they end in just tears. So we'll see what happens. That's true. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We shall see. Oh, I did have a two hour nap this afternoon and it apparently did nothing. <laughs> oh, I feel like I should have had a nap, a really good, a little power nap after I ate dinner because I made uh, some mac and cheese from scratch, which is good. Uh, it didn't have any milk. So I used sour cream. So I was oh. like, I'm sure it'll work. Sure, why not? And it did. It worked fine. It was a lot, like, obviously more dense than normally it would be. Um, Had some zing to it, I bet. It did. It was actually quite good. Um, but now I feel like I could have a nap. So here we are. We'll see what happens. I know. That's a heavy, heavy meal. Yeah. I read something uh, the other day about macaroni and cheese, oddly enough, about how mac and cheese is the best food in the world because depending on how hungry you are, it could be a side or a main course. Who eats it as a side? Well, like, you can go to, like, meat, for example, and have mac and cheese as one of their side dishes. Okay, this is incorrect. At meat, everything is a side dish. There is no entree. <laughs> you order everything else to complement everything else. Fair enough, but but it is advertised as, like, one of their sides. And it's wrong. menu as a side. <laughs> well, then, Okay. <laughs> Coming out throwing hands tonight, are we? <laughs> yeah, I'm tired, Megan. It's um, been a long one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it has. That extra hour of sleep last night did sweet fuck all. I didn't. I don't even think I got it for a myriad of reasons. I but... am pretty sure that I did, but like, also no, like it does. It hasn't affected anything. No, it's just, it really fucks, I think what really fucks you up this time of year is I went to walk my dog at fucking 5pm, and it was dark. Yeah, I know. I know. But see, this is the thing, I don't have a, like, I'm of two minds, because I wish, really what I wish is that we lived a little bit further south, because I don't mind that, like, the sun still is now coming up tomorrow at before 8 o'clock, like, I'm okay with that. And that the sun it goes down like around five. I'm I'm very okay with that. It's just when we get closer to that like winter solstice, I'm not a big fan of like the seven hours of daylight. Yeah. I was complaining to my dad about this and because he's in Houston, he didn't really have much to complain about. He's like, Oh yeah, it's chilly. It was like seventeen degrees and I still wore shorts and I was like, Go fuck yourself. But he was like, well, you can complain all you want about it being dark, but you have to remember that I lived in Norway for two years. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Well, it was like our six hours of sunlight each day really didn't do it for you. 
Yeah. It's tough. Like, and that's the thing. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to somebody about it last week, I guess. And we got talking about, you know, the weather, like the, the time changing and, and the weather changing and the daylight and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, I would very much be okay with like, I like having snow in the winter. I am. I'm, I'm a fan of that, but I also really like it when it gets really cold, but also sunny. Yes. I much prefer that to like hovering around freezing and cloudy and like weird precipitation. Agreed. Um, because like I, when I lived in Dublin that year, that was the thing. Like they get lots of rain and, and it was very humid and it never got really cold. I think the coldest it got was like minus two, minus three, like for two nights or whatever. Um, but Trey gloomy. Oh yeah. It rained every day from like mid October to the end of February. Yeah. That's rough. And that's no, that's no picnic like that. And, and Dublin's on basically the same latitude as Edmonton. And so like it was the same length of daylight, but it was just gray clouds all the time. Yeah, I don't think I could deal with that. I feel like all of my <laughs> disorders, including my seasonal effectiveness disorder, <laughs> would really make that challenging for me. Yeah, so I, I prefer that we're getting sunshine. But speaking of like 17 degrees, it was really nice here today. Like it was like 16 degrees this afternoon. And it's supposed to be that again tomorrow. So I'm very much probably going to wear shorts to work tomorrow because why not? Yeah, it was here too, but the thing about living in Calgary is that it's always fucking windy. So, sure, the thermometer can say at 5 p.m. when I walked my dog that it was 15 degrees, but no, it actually felt like 5. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. A couple weekends ago, Just I like... went out and did some photos uh, outside, and it was like minus 2, I think, which isn't very cold, all things considered. Um, mm-hmm. but the wind was like, there were, we, when we made the plan, we didn't really know what the forecast was going to be. The wind gusts were like, you know, up to like 15, 17 kilometers an hour, which again, not that high, but at minus two, which is like the first kind of like, you know, sustained below freezing that we've had. It was very cold. Yeah. Especially when you aren't acclimatized to it yet. Yeah. That can be really rough. That first cold wind. Like that March minus two with the, that kind of wind gust. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Long sleeve t-shirt, no problem. But like the October minus two, very different weather. Very rough. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, so look that... what our podcast has become. Remember when we used to be a sports podcast back in the day? Oh my God. I just like the amount of discussions I've had with my husband about just I don't think I've talked about this but we bought a house and we get possession tomorrow and the amount of (laughs) conversations about which tv is gonna go where for the sports I'm just like god Chris get another fucking hobby other than sports because I hate it now (laughs) (sighs) well it's funny too as you get older those conversations that you have with friends we were just talking beforehand uh, about a mutual friend who's like buying a house and some of the stuff that they're going through as well. Um, and it's just funny that those are like the conversations that you have as you get older. Yeah. About like, oh, oh it's like mortgage rates and oh, I like, and oh yeah, I did have to finance my car, but I got it you know, two and a quarter percent or whatever, like just dumb things like that. And you're like, why do we talk about these? I know it's cause we're not interesting anymore. Like the adult responsibilities have overtaken us and we no longer feel joy <laughs> oh my uh, god well, okay I, I gotta turn this around <laughs> so okay this is on, rough that, stuff. on that note like, it's not it's not quite as bleak as that but here's uh 
This is one of the questions that I got, and I think maybe this is a good question to start off with. Okay, thank God. Yeah, so the question was from Reva, and she was like, what is your quarantine project? Because in the springtime, when everything kind of shut down, and we were like, okay, well, this is going to be, you know, like, maybe by the fall, things will be, like, back to normal-ish, kind of. Clearly, Mm -hmm. that's not the case. Very clearly, we are in this for the very long haul, and it's very likely that we'll be limited in things that we can do and having to wear masks in public for at least the next 18 months, if not longer. Yeah. So... What is your quarantine project? Is there, other than obviously like you bought a house and so like there's a whole bunch of shit that's going with that, but is there like a thing that you're looking forward to being able to like have time to do or whatever that like you wouldn't normally necessarily do if you weren't sort of forced to be at home all the time? (laughs) Yes, Megan, I do have an answer for this. Are we ready to announce this on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Well, we might as well. (laughs) Okay. I'm currently building a baby. (laughs) That's my fucking quarantine project. I was hoping you were going to say, like, I was trying to lead you towards, like, oh, learn to crochet. But, hey, you know what? You do you. You do what you got to do. I've had no fucking time for that shit, Megan. There's been no, there's been no time for joy in my life since <laughs> August. Oh boy! So can I say congratulations oh. now? Sure, you <laughs> now, can. Now that it's out there. Yeah, I'm twelve weeks and three days. So congratulations. Yeah, it fucking sucks, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me all about it. Tell me about why it's so bad. Oh, I'm sick all the time. I feel terrible all the time. I, oh, it's just, it's real. The first trimester is really, really rough. It's just, it's really hard. And to all, you know, the people pregnant who feel as if they are, you know, blessed and in bliss and loving the whole process, I say all the power to you because... That has not been my experience. Yeah, but to I, each their own body. I hear from like different people very different things, right? Like, and I, not having had the experience, uh, cannot comment. But I know, like, I have another friend of mine. I think I want to say she's due like next month, maybe. Is it no? No, I guess she's due this month because it's November now. Um, and she's been off work since the Friday before Thanksgiving. She's another mm-hmm. teacher. Uh, at a different school and she was like sick for seven months basically and just everything sucked and she was also like really tiny and so she had lots of like she like felt the pain in her organs a lot because she's like this fucking thing is fucking put in us like okay okay it's it's tough it's tough and there's like yeah I think it's tougher depending on like your body shape too not to say that like being petite is so difficult (laughs) life for petite people is so hard but like I really had a rough time right at the start because like there was literally nowhere for my organs to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just like okay I'm just gonna feel this weird ass pressure and cramping all the time forever and it's it does really weird things to your body. Oh, I like, believe it. I haven't had a full night's sleep 
where I A, don't need to get up to pee, or B, don't literally soak the sheets with sweat in four months. <laughs> that <laughs> like, sounds awful. <laughs> it sucks so bad. Um, and during that time, you can't fucking tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, it's a lot of, like, lying and deception, and that really sucked for oh, me. Oh, I bet. Well, and I, I mean, like, you told me a while ago. um, Like, probably a month ago. And I was just like, oh, okay. Which then, like, some of the conversations that we'd had, like, sort of put them into perspective. And I was like, I understand. Now I know why she's sending me fucking things on Instagram at 2.30 in the morning. It all makes sense to me now. But, like... <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, part yeah. of, I, but, like, at the same time, not that it mattered, but I was, like, I never bothered to ask because I didn't think it I, I figured if there was something up, you would tell me. But I was just, like, why is Kelsey sending me Instagram posts, like, 17 of them in a row at 3.30 in the morning? What's going on? But I was, like, nah, I'm sure I'll find out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt so bad because I had my one friend, like, made a special trip to come down to Calgary to see me and I was just like oh boy this is gonna be rough Mm -hmm. because like I was just so sick and so miserable and my dad was here oh boy in freaking September and I had to hide all my morning sickness from him and like because I was just not very far along and he was just like oh so that's why you had to have a nap every day (laughs) yeah dad I'm dying on the inside (laughs) oh dads yeah dads are funny it's a it's it's an adventure it's a strange adventure and couldn't have picked a worse time (laughs) yeah Well, it's funny, um, because you told me, and then I was going to tell somebody else about something that you had said, but it, I can't remember, like, what it was, but it was like, oh, I can't, I was like, even though, like, you would never know that I had told them, I was like, they don't need to know. And so now <laughs> I feel like I can, like, oh, by the way, this is the thing that happened. Yeah. You know. Well, I appreciate your secret keeping. Hey, I'm it very good like... at, I'm very good at keeping secrets. Oh, God, I'm not. And that's why I was just like, we told people probably too early, but I was like, I cannot keep fucking lying to my family anymore. This sucks. Yeah, that's fair. But, um, yeah, so... So on that note, we're going to have like a a name pool or something like that. I'm coming up with this in my head like as we speak. I think you should name it Taylor. Good for a girl or a boy. Just like works for everything. Um, I did add that to our shared list that my husband and I have by the way um that's what I think you should do but yeah I I have like a a way in my head that we can have like a pool of some kind or some sort of like if somebody wants we are if someone wants to give us a whole bunch of money I'm gonna sell Kelsey's child's middle name to you so (laughs) oh my god I thought you were gonna say sell my child I was like no way I've been through too much no just the middle name just the middle naming rights So come at us with your very best offer and we will talk. I'm like, just like any fucking suggestions too (laughs) would be great. (laughs) Because we're at a standstill. That's funny. Uh, So (laughs) I guess that's the answer to what your pandemic project is going to be. I really wasn't trying to get you to say anything. I was trying to get you to be like, I'm going to learn how to crochet. Or I'm too fucking tired. I'm not going to do anything new. And then we could have just moved on. But anyway... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, just see it, not get it secrets. Just might as well get it out there. And if something happens, something happens, and we go from there. But just been like quarantine productive. Bought a house, making a tiny parasite inside me right now. It's yeah. all good. How big is your parasite? Uh, I last time I read the stupid thing, it said the size of a strawberry. Okay. Like a normal so, garden strawberry or one of those that's like on one of those farms where the strawberries taste like nothing? Because those are two very different sizes. Oh, Megan, it's like a fucking mutant strawberry. Okay. It's the biggest strawberry you've ever fucking seen. <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> and it's probably actually like a garden strawberry. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it's extremely small. But great now has legs <laughs> oh that's good that, that's fun and exciting yeah that, that so my pandemic project is not nearly as exciting as that i promise <laughs> fucking nothing going on in my life however i have started actually I started two things um i started writing on a nightly basis just during the week uh, i don't feel the need to do it on the weekends the same because weekends are very different it's your time kind of use of my time um, yeah. And I don't feel the need to unwind the same way on weekends that I do during the week for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But remember back in January, I was taking that course. Yes. <laughs> before in the before times. And I had to like, I was supposed <laughs> to write every day for half an hour and like have it, uh, have a candle and like certain music and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try that again. Because I really actually hated it when I had to do it. It really sucked. Because I Which felt strange because like. You do, you are a person who enjoys a ritual and structure. Very much so, but I really hated that particular thing because I, f- I felt like because I was obligated to do it, I didn't necessarily oh, feel like I was getting anything, getting anything out of it. Mm. But I was like, so I have the structure. And so I, I started on, on Monday um, and I wrote each of the five days last week and I'll just keep doing weekdays. Uh, and if I choose to do it on the weekend, that's different, but I'm not going to force myself to. Uh, and so I sat down uh, on the ottoman over by on one of my chairs at my little, like, TV table, my notebook. I put a candle on the corner. I put the, like, playlist on. And it's uh, box cello suites, and it's a half an hour long. And, mm. or it's a half an hour of them, anyway. There's more than, than just that. But it's half an hour of them. And I wrote. And the first night, I think I wrote, like, uh, I don't know, like, a two pages-ish in, like, a Moleskine notebook. And Thursday, That's pretty good. And Thursday night I wrote like four ish, because I had lots of things oh, to nice. think about. Yeah, it was very, it was good, and it was nice and cathartic, and and whatever. So that's like a thing, and I would like to try and keep that up for as long as possible, uh, until it just yeah, like legitimately becomes part of my routine. I don't have to like think about it. Mm-hmm. Because I think it will and do that's two a... things. Okay. I think it will help me keep a routine, and I will also think it will also help me not fall asleep on the couch. Because I would like, <laughs> yes. I would like to, I'll do it. Like I'll make my lunch and do all that, and then I'll sit down and write. And like the TV is off because it's just the music and the candle, and so the TV will be off and whatever. And then I'll have like probably very little desire to like watch TV again, because once the TV is off, mm-hmm. like I don't turn it back on, right? And so then I'll just. But go. you're also thinking and digesting about what you yeah just wrote too. Yeah, so that's sort of my hope is that I'll stop falling asleep on the couch. That's good, but also, like, what a nice cathartic just process that's a bit more, I'd say, useful than just watching TV until you fall asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of being 
a productive habit, mm-hmm. that's one that's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's funny too, because in the five nights that I've done this so far, because um, I was trying to think, what do I do on? Do I want to do it on Sunday night, like leading into the week, or do I just want to like process the day kind of thing? And I was like, well, let's do weeknights, and it might shift maybe depending on mm-hmm. maybe like a Sunday to Thursday kind of deal. You know, to like settle to so that I can go to bed and like actually fall asleep. Yeah, that's one that of makes the things sense. That I'm having trouble with uh, is you know actually falling asleep. Um, but it was interesting because I had like the same kind of themes through the five days. There was like some talk about work, and then I would like say something and be like a nice little transitional phrase, and it would just kind of lead into something else, um, which is good. And I, it's not like I would ever share this writing with my kids, but it's it's nice to know that I have that ability to do that, so that when I'm teaching them how to write things, I can be like, hey, this is what how you use a transitional phrase. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like the end of an idea and then the start of something entirely new. Like there has to be a connection between the things and this is how we get there. Um, right. And so it was kind of nice to know that I still have that ability. Like when I'm kind of writing unconsciously, because like, I'm not really thinking about what I'm writing. Yeah. You're not necessarily pertaining to a certain structure or no. anything like that. It's just like pretty free form. Yeah. And it's also nice too, because, uh, I really, I like writing things by hand and that's one of the things about this. Like you're supposed to, the whole ritual, you're supposed to write on eight and a half by 11 paper that's unlined, uh, and like just write single sided and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do that because at some point in time, maybe I want to like perhaps write a book of some kind. I don't know. So I thought maybe it would be better to keep things in a notebook was sort of my, my way of thinking. Unlined paper? That's the whole, yeah, the whole way that this whole, like, ritual is designed. It's supposed to be unlined paper, you only write on the one side, and then at the bottom, and you date it, um, and then at the bottom of the writing, at the end of the writing, you put, there's, like, three questions that you answer, and I'm not doing the questions either. Um, but that's part of the whole, like, pr- the whole actual process as it was developed. Why by two unlined, though? I think because the li- they, they decided that the lines were too restrictive, Ultimately, huh. because for, for some people, and, and I kind of get it, like, I'm, I'm okay, I can fit my writing into the lines, but for some people who um, their writing might be larger than the lines on the page and that kind of thing, they feel like it's, it, it, then they work, it? they start looking at it and think that it's messy and it's it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And so by getting rid of all of those, okay. all of those things, you're not focusing on that stuff, you're just writing. Gotcha. Okay, I could get down with that. Yeah, it's an interesting process. And like, I mean, half an hour is ideal, but is what it's supposed to be. And so when I took the course, they sent me a CD and I was like, who has a CD player? Um, so I, Which I mean, I do on my computer, but I don't have a CD player in any anywhere else oh my god good point and i was like how the fuck would i play a cd right now and i was like okay athabasca university um maybe we could get into the (laughs) into the 21st century here thanks guys also like would it be possible to update some of the reading lists for some of these courses and it may be like if the article that i'm going to has to like go through the wayback machine it's too old possibly oh my god yeah some of the courses have been like that but anyway that's beside the point so i found the the cello suite's just on spotify oh perfect and i have a spotify premium so i like made my own little playlist of the of the half hour and then when i did it with my kids and said i couldn't make the half an hour that's absurd i made them do i think it worked out to like 11 minutes i took the first four and i think it worked out to about 11 and a half minutes and so that was the little playlist that i made for them smart yeah it was good it worked out it worked out well and it was it's been it's been good so far so we're gonna keep that going and the other um project that I have is just like declutter my house and make it clean Mm -hmm. 
because I spent a lot of time That's in an here. important one. I spent a lot of time in here in the springtime, and I just very much learned to live with all the clutter. And yeah. it's not, it's fine, but I just, like, there's stuff that I'm not using and stuff that I don't need and, like, you know, I need some new bookshelves and things like that, so I'm gonna do that, some of those things. That's good. And, and it also, like, that's an also additional cathartic process, too, right? Yes, and I'm gonna turn my upstairs, my third bedroom, because I have an office and I have another bedroom, but, like, it, there's a bed frame in there and there's been one in there for a really long time, but there's no mattress on the bed frame, so... Um, I was always... That's some serial killer shit. Megan. Well, no, but it, the intention was always to, like, get a mattress. And, you know, have, like, a guest room or whatever. But, like, I haven't, and it hasn't been an issue. So, I'm gonna just... I've just made the executive decision that instead of having a guest room upstairs, I'm actually just going to get an armchair and put some bookshelves in there and maybe, like, a little writing desk and make, like, a little study. That's oh, my God, separate, amazing. That's separate from, like, the office where I actually do work. Because I, yeah. I find that as soon as I sit down on my computer desk upstairs, the I want to, like, do work stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're tr- you tr- you've trained yourself that it's a productive space. Yeah. And I feel like if I'm going to be stuck in some kind of, like, weird quarantine holding pattern for the next while, like, at least <laughs> the next two winters, then it would yeah. be good to have, like, a space in my house that I could just go and, like, do some reading and whatever that's different from elsewhere. Like, just to have some different areas and I realize like that I'm very lucky that I have that ability and I have that all of that space available mm-hmm. to me but uh yeah that's my th- those are my quarantine projects those are awesome projects I love the idea of that reading room because especially when you're working from home this is what I've learned in the past two years is that it's extremely hard to work from home mm-hmm. because you don't you don't have that separate space that you would at a school or in an office or wherever where it's like I'm away from all of the shit that I like and so I have to do work (laughs) that doesn't exist at home so I very much admire that not for the workspace but for the relaxed space because now both of those things are the same place yeah well and that's that's exactly it like my what's nice about the office upstairs is like that's where I do lots of my photo editing and stuff because the monitor is good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good lighting. And that's fine. To me, that doesn't feel like work because I couldn't enjoy that. Um, but when I read, I either read down here on the couch and I like invariably I'll just fall asleep because mm-hmm. um, I'm tired. It's a good couch. Oh, oh, it's a great couch. And I have like the footrest. And I got like two chairs and like the one chair is in front of a window so I can pull up the blind to get some nice like natural light and I can just read and it's lovely. Or I have to read in bed. Those are, like, my two options. Yeah. And if I read in bed, I will Both. absolutely fall asleep. And <laughs> yeah. so I would like a space where, you know, I could do... Or, like, this writing that I'm doing. It would be nice, like, when I get things all sorted out, that I'll do it upstairs. At that yeah, desk. Yeah, to have that dedicated that little, space. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be kind of a nice little nice little space for that. So that's my plan. Those are my pandemic plans. Those are pretty freaking good. I think so. Like, considering the fact that I absolutely would not judge a single person for not having any projects and just, like, trying to get through every fucking day because it's a goddamn nightmare. Like, (laughs) just to even have the resilience and fortitude to have projects is, like, pretty fucking incredible. I think so, too. I And I've also been, like, doing a lot more photography stuff and whatnot in the last little while, and I set a goal for myself that I, like, never articulated, that I wanted to make a thousand dollars 
doing photography this year and I've surpassed mm. that so far. So like that's awesome. Good. Um, do you want to plug your calendar? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm making a calendar, uh, of just some like landscapey photos that I, that I took. It's all photos of me. All photos of Kelsey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how you got them <laughs> i should absolutely include the one that is like your contact photo on my phone oh <laughs> uh, pizza kelsey yeah <laughs> that's like my favorite one um <laughs> and every time you call it's just so satisfying selfishly that's why i like you to call me because it pops up and it makes me laugh every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yours on mine is just Clay Matthews, and that's not exciting for anybody. <laughs> well, it'd be exciting for me, but <laughs> yeah, but you don't see it. No, it's true. Um, yeah, so I've I've decided to uh, make a calendar of some of the photos that I have taken over the last like I don't know I think I think it goes back to like last fall, so like the last year ish. Um, and uh, I have an order form that we'll put up on our Twitter, and we can put up uh, maybe an Instagram link link to it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're twenty dollars if you live in the Edmonton area, or twenty five if you live somewhere else in Canada, or thirty if you live in the states. And if you are somebody who lives overseas, uh, hit me up and I will figure out how much it'll cost because I don't really know about shipping. I'll send you a PDF. Yeah, <laughs> print it around. Uh, no, I yeah. yeah yeah you can yeah hit me up and I'll let you know how much it'll be for shipping because that's the difference in the in the cost ultimately is the shipping cost. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of neat and like uh, our our secretary at work. I had posted on Facebook and she said she wanted to. And then she asked if she could share the form with um, our admin. And so a couple of them Mm. did. And then she's like, I'm going to put it in uh, the principal's update on Sunday and we'll see what happens. And I was like, okay. So we'll see. We'll see about, we'll see about that. But anyway, yeah. And I don't know all of the images for sure that are going to be in it just yet, but I promise you that they're all very good. Absolutely. They are. Uh, So yeah, that's that. I'm still very like, intrigued and excited by you potentially renting that cabin at Elk Island and doing some photography there because that would be yeah so we have super super neat we have a break coming up at work which is really great so my school uh in our school board um everybody in the school board has a break starting on November the 11th and going through until whatever the Sunday is the 15th I guess oh it starts on the 11th yeah, this year because theirs is on the oh. Wednesday but ours because we went back two days early in August we get a full week in this midweek fall break thing so ours starts officially like at 3 30 next Friday I'm on break for nine days uh so I'm very excited it's literally the best deal ever it's it's it is so worth giving up two days in August to have two extra days off in November I cannot even explain it to you yes of course and especially this year because holy <laughs> fuck, like just, oh my God, just everything is just a nightmare all the time. Yeah, you need a rest. Yeah, so we just have one more week. We got five more days and then that's it. We're we're getting our way through and yeah, that's it. Like it's, and then I have the Saturday, Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday I'm off while there's like nobody else off. It's just our school amazing yeah and then so one of my plans uh is to go to the bookstore just during the day uh because i can and i also maybe might like an absolute animal (laughs) and i might also go to ikea during the day on monday because i can um Mm -hmm. and if i do go to ikea on monday i'll probably end up buying the chair that i want for upstairs but uh make sure you get frozen yogurt 
I always get a hot dog. That, oh, you gotta get the ice cream. But like a 75 cent hot dog, how do you go wrong? Yeah, but I'm saying do both. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, so then I was looking at like, maybe I could get out of town for a little bit. And then I found, I was just poking around on Airbnb because I didn't really want to go to any like hotel or anything anywhere. And there's a little cabin uh, not far from Fort Saskatchewan, which is like not far at all. It's like 45 mm-hmm. minutes from here. Uh, but it's, yeah, just this little cabin outside Fort Saskatchewan and it's on like a bird sanctuary. So there's nothing else around. Uh, and going into that week, uh, is like the moon is like moving towards a new moon. So it'll just get smaller and smaller every night and rise later and later and whatever. And so I might go out there and take my camera shit and do some, do some photography, like just, just out of the city, but not like far out of the city, but just enough that I can have a little change of scenery and like be by myself for a couple days and like but like legit by myself and not in my own space yeah and like what a perfect it's like nearly a staycation right like you're so close to home and yet in a totally new environment that is way nicer and way cleaner than my house (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say isn't like challenging to be in but i guess that answers yeah no i'm i'm very okay with with admitting that my house is a disaster and it, actually to be fair my house is not that bad it's just like there's just a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and lots of books that like don't have homes and like just things like that and as i spend more time at home because i don't have choir to go to and i don't have trivia to go to and i'm not like hanging out with my friends and like going to see movies or anything like that i'm just at home or I go to my mom and dad's for dinner. Those are like the only two places that I go. I'm just mm-hmm. finally starting to like notice the stuff. Yeah. Whereas like if someone comes over to my house, like every time my dad comes over, he's just, he just look, he never says anything anymore, but he's just like, ugh. and I know exactly what he's thinking. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I'm at that point now where it, I'm kind of there too. So like every day I spend like 20 to 30 minutes, just like either decluttering some stuff or like putting things in a spot where I know like that's going to be their home or cleaning, like, just cleaning off a surface like I cleaned off where my TV is in the living room and I took everything off and I like dusted it and then I wiped it down and you know like just that kind of stuff just to sort of go like little space by little space Um, you mean the (laughs) the place with the million candles on it there's so many fewer candles because I got rid of a whole bunch (laughs) yesterday too you should have a rule that you're not allowed to buy more candles until the ones you have are burnt. <laughs> I have. I made that rule, so we are not buying any more. Ca- if anyone else buys candles for me, though, fucking go for it. I'll send you a link. <laughs> I found some today that I, was, I saw a commercial during football, and I was like, I want all of those. Oh, it was on a commercial. Yeah, football. Yeah, it was. That's th- a weird marketing strap it was really strange and it was uh i can't remember it wasn't during the it was during the second game and so i can't remember which state it was that they were talking about and i was like oh that's so weird i don't think i must find out what these candles are and what's the brand Uh, it's called homesick oh man this just like seriously we're into some (laughs) minority report personalized (laughs) advertising now are we we've crossed the rubicon (laughs) why do you have like weird scented candles because i sent it to you on your phone now no i'm just saying like they were just so totally your brand i know yet but it was on tv they came up during the football game yeah like that's it's really weird and a football game that i wasn't really paying like i wasn't watching intentionally either like it wasn't like i had it was just on because it had been on before Anyway, yeah. yeah, it was very bizarre. Um, yeah, so those are the projects. Um, do you have any, like, media things that you want to talk about? 
Uh, media thing. Oh, like, stuff I've consumed? Yeah. No, I think the only thing I texted you about was that Clear and Present Danger is still <laughs> a film that beats ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I unfortunately agree with the podcast Friendly Fire, who <laughs> quite... <laughs> quite staunchly declared that film the last film in which Harrison Ford even attempted to play a character that was remotely interesting. Mm, fair enough. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like told you before, I'm just like consuming familiar stuff. Not a ton of time to consume new stuff with moving and that sort of stress and just like being sick all the time so I watched um last time we talked about Haunting of Hill House yep and now that listeners can know I want them to know that I started watching that because I needed a distraction from all the throwing up I was doing (laughs) (laughs) so I thought I've tried everything else why not something scary and it worked Oh, so well, there you go. Lesson to all you, <laughs> you know, expectant parents. Maybe try that out. Lesson to all you, lesson to all you pregos out there. Watch some horror, and it will stop you from throwing up. Yeah, did for me for approximately ten hours. So well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Would you like to know the things that are the worst to throw up? <laughs> all i have to talk about uh, so no boring. i don't well i don't care but i don't know if anyone else is gonna want to hear that no if so dm me you freaks <laughs> <laughs> um i i told kelsey that she needs to watch this uh, i watched all eight episodes of ted lasso uh, on apple tv and um it was really really good uh didn't expect didn't expect it to end the way they did and i cried like a fucking baby at the end of it uh but it was just like I read some articles about it afterwards, and basically all of the people writing were just like, uh, "Ted Lasso is the like the show and the character that we need right now," and I could not agree more. Mm. Uh, it's just it was just very like like soft and gentle and very light and but also uh, interesting enough, and you you cared enough about the characters that like you wanted to know how things were going to turn out and like you wanted things to to work out for them and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was just really lovely. So this is the show that started out as a commercial? Yeah, so Jason Sudeikis plays Ted Lasso, and he is the... Yeah, he was like a, an NBC character on commercial in like 2013 or 14. They were advertising like Sunday Night Football. Um, okay. Yeah, and so this is the same character. And they just like turned it into a show, and it got renewed for a second season, I think like the week that the first episode aired, and it's already been like renewed for a third season. And, like, oh wow! The second season, I don't think has started production yet. So, who's show running this? Like, uh, I'm not sure. I'll look it up. What's the creative team that they're? Uh, they've got so much, so much cachet. I have no idea. Yeah, know. to get a third season renewed when the second one isn't even out, like that's pretty fucking impressive. I know. I know. Uh, it is. So here's the premise of the show. In case you don't know. Um, small-time football coach Ted Lasso is hired to coach a professional soccer team in England despite having no experience coaching soccer. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's like, oh, it's ten oh, episodes, it's just, rather. Not eight. I, my bad. It's just the classic white man taking a job from someone who's probably more qualified. 
You know, likely. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh, developed by like Bill Lawrence, who was uh, he was co-creator. He created Scrubs. Okay. Yes, I yeah. thought that sounded familiar. Yeah. Okay, I can understand how his tone would work for that. Okay. Yeah, and then Sudeikis, and then Brendan Hunt, uh, who is also in it, I believe, is his. I'm pretty sure. Is the other coach? Let me double check here. Yeah, he's the other coach. He's a an actor and a writer. Uh, who's been, um, doing lots of comedy stuff for the last little mm. while. Um, he like wrote like uh one of the Key and Peele Super Bowl specials and stuff like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then yeah, so it's them, and then who else? Executive producers. Uh, it says in here somewhere. Uh, it's yo know, Jeff Ingold and Bill Lawrence and Jason Sudeikis. It's distributed by Warner Brothers and Apple, and the music is by Marcus Mumford. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like it's really it's really quite delightful. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was lots of fun, and yeah, like I would absolutely say it is, it is the thing that like we needed right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a nice little. Nice little ten episode show, which didn't do too much. It didn't do too little. It didn't like, you know, it, it left me wanting to see what happened. But like, if there were no more, I would have been okay with it too. Yeah. Because it finished but the it season like... and it finished the soccer season and and so like, you know, mm-hmm. we got there was a resolution to it and I was like, I want nine more seasons of this. Yes, but if there are no more, then this was perfect. It's like Baby Bear's Porridge. It was just right. It was. It was kind of like I was talking to someone today. It was kind of like Freaks and Geeks. How, like, as much as I love Freaks and Geeks, and they were like, oh, I wish there was more of it. And I was like, no, it was perfect. It sucked that it, it got canceled. Nicely. Yeah. But I'm glad that, that it did end on so, so well and then got canceled that they had an opportunity to kind of, like, you know, sort of end the school year, essentially, and mm-hmm. then be done with it. Same kind of deal. Yeah, it was really good. I think you should watch it. I think you'll like it. You'll probably cry. For which I will not apologize. No, I've, um, the metrics <laughs> in which my body decides time to cry now are so out of whack that <laughs> who knows? It could be in one day I watched Lilo and Stitch and just sobbed uncontrollably for approximately 45 minutes after the movie was over. Okay. And then during Haunting of Hill House, I started sobbing because the parents were nice to their kid after the kid's cat died. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't sad about the cat. It was just like, I was so happy that they were so nice to the kid. And I was crying so hard that when my husband came back from walking the dog, he thought, like, someone died. Oh, no. <laughs> he was like, what? And I, like, couldn't talk. And it was just like, oh, my God, I felt so stupid. But so, yeah, I may not cry. I might just, like, implode. <laughs> okay, well, if you do watch it, just let me know because uh, I would love to talk about it on here with you. Yeah, I may, like, need to give everyone that I know fair warning. <laughs> <laughs> to just like check in on me in about a day <laughs> yeah well no really like if if you need it let me know because uh yeah i will i'll ask and make sure that we're okay 
But yes, it was it was really fun and it was really and it was one of those it's one of the few like new things I've been able to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been watching The Bachelorette because it's just batshit crazy. But like, okay, so this is the <laughs> only time I've been interested in anything that's happening on The Bachelorette, and I did text you this week saying you what did. the fuck is it's happening because for some reason my Insta Explore page is just like fucking full of Bachelorette right now. Oh, okay, so please tell me if there's been an update. There as hasn't. To... There hasn't. Not okay. yet. No. So for those of you that don't know what's happening on the bachelorette this year uh they announced whenever the last bachelor was whenever that ended with with peter the pilot uh and, and it ended all very peter poorly. the pilot yeah anyway uh and it ended all very poorly um because he like asked somebody to marry him and then they like broke it off and then on the reunion show like he like got back together with the other girl like the other finalist and then that didn't work and then they like went their separate ways and then he, like, ended up, da- he ended up, I don't know if he still is, but he, ended, like, started dating this girl that he had, like, somehow known before the show, but she was also on the show. Anyway, I don't know. It was all what? very weird. Yeah, it was all very weird. Like, they had met, they had, like, met and hooked up, I guess, at a wedding, and then it just kind of, like, happened, ultimately. And then she just happened to audition? Yes. For The Bachelor? I think, I sure, think, sure, this, sure. I think the timeline goes is that her, like, application or whatever had already been submitted when they they met and they like legitimately did not know each other and then like met at this wedding and whatever anyway it was not great so then the the bachelorette that they pulled for this next one or this one that's on right now uh her name is claire and she was on a season i don't know like maybe six years ago six or seven years ago and she was i think she was like the runner-up and it was her last three maybe i don't know she was like quite near the top and uh yeah, it like did not go very well for her, um, and she she left, uh, and she was basically like, really she was very happy that she like didn't get chosen by this guy that he had like sent her home because like he turned out to be just an absolute shitbag. Uh, but they made a oh, lot okay. about her being the oldest bachelorette ever because she's like thirty eight, and I was like, hey, oh, wait a no. minute. But usually their bachelorettes, like to be fair, are like late twenties. What you just did right now was a hundred percent John Mulaney. <laughs> That's a thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> that was hey. exactly what it sounded hey, like. Sorry about that. Hey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they they made a lot about her being the oldest bachelorette ever at 38. And I was just like, yeah, well, fuck you guys. But anyway, um, yeah. So then, of course, the pandemic hit, and they had to like shut down filming and stuff, and because they had like kind of started like pre production and location scouting and all that kind of stuff, uh, and so then they had to shut down production and, and whatever. And then they figured it out. And I don't know where they are somewhere in California. Uh, they're at a resort and they have like the entire resort to themselves. And so okay. this is how they were able to do the production, like in the middle of all of this. Um, and so all of like, they all had to go through their quarantines and whatever. And they had to like recast it because of course, you know, the guys that they had cast or whatever, were all like in their late twenties and here she is in her late thirties. And so there's some guys that are older and have like real jobs and stuff like that. Um, but on night one, when all of the dudes like get out of the limo and they like, you know, have like this quick little introduction after the second group of dudes, I think it was, she said to Chris Harrison, she's like, I think I just met my husband. Like, and it was just like instantaneous. And it's very clear that she is very much into this Dale guy. Like it is very obvious. And there's no question in anyone's mind that that's the case. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
Except that's all the of, point of the show. That's the point of the show. <laughs> except all of the dudes are pissed because she like keeps trying to find trying to like find ways to like spend time with Dale, and he like keeps trying to find ways to like spend time with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're and so they're all feeling kind of like you know second string, which again they are. Oh, poor boy. Yes, but it also it is only like maybe the fourth episode. I think was just on Tuesday, so like it's not very far along. And it usually, like, this is usually, like, a 10-ish week kind of deal. And so this is, like, three weeks in and they're all, like, uh, okay, you know. So apparently next week, and it usually it's normally been airing on Tuesdays, but they're airing it on Thursday next week because there's obviously, there's an election on Tuesday. So, you know. Uh, so Wait, airing... what? I haven't heard anything about this. <laughs> uh, so depending on who you ask, the election will either be starting on Tuesday or finishing on Tuesday. <laughs> and those, depending on the answer, will determine whether or not those people are people you want in your life. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I feel like there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, so they're airing on Thursday, and I don't know exactly what is going to happen, like what the actual thing is. I know that Claire is leaving the show because that yeah. was speculated on, like in the summertime. Um, but she's leaving the show, and they're replacing her with another girl i think who was on i think she might have been on the last season or perhaps the one before i can't remember and she's the first contestant of color for bachelorette correct second oh second yeah okay there was rachel was one as well okay gotcha gotcha yeah and i can't remember her name it's escaping me right now but anyway so that's what's happening it's batshit crazy and i love it and i really enjoy i like watching the bachelor it's way more entertaining because the girl drama is just like unbelievable to watch uh, on yeah. all of the levels watching this season of the bachelorette is like phenomenal because it's just all of these alpha males being out alphaed by another one and it's just <laughs> like and they don't know what to do because they're all top dogs and they like do not know how to compete with one who's like a very obvious front runner so what's this dude's deal so he's uh like Early 30s, 31, 32, he was a professional football player at one point in time. He was, like, practice squad guy for, like, four different teams, but he never never made, like, the main squad. Uh, I don't know what he does now. Um, but he just seems he like... probably sells insurance, yeah, to be probably honest. cars, maybe. Uh, real estate, one of those things. Um, but he, yeah. like, he just seemed, when he got out of the when he got out of the, the car, and, of course, it's edited to look a certain way and whatnot, but he just seemed, like, really nice and really kind, and I don't know. Not like he was, well, like, putting on any weird kind of airs, which I think some of them do sometimes. Yes. Well, you know? for sure. Like, just like you said, they're fucking peacocking the whole time. Like, yeah. they're there to win a prize, and the prize is a beautiful woman. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. the fact that this show <laughs> continues <laughs> to exist in this climate boggles the mind. Right? And I think and... the only reason it can still exist is because there's both a there's like a bachelor and a bachelorette. I think that's yeah. the only reason that that either one of them can still exist is because they're equally objectifying essentially. Yes. I agree. And I think I said to you when you were telling me about this a few days ago that like it's so disturbing that the guys are like, "Well, she already likes this guy. We need a new girl." And it's just like, "So you just want any woman (laughs) any woman could replace this one and to you that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. (laughs) like any breathing (laughs) living woman 
can substitute in and out as if she were a literal object. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so that's what's happening on The Bachelorette. Like, there's really nothing, there's really, like, nothing happening. Uh, And part of it, too, it's really funny because, like, they're quarantined, right? They can't go anywhere. There's no travel, right? Because normally, Mm -hmm. normally, like, the first, I, I don't know how it works. Usually the first, like, two weeks, they, like, stay in the mansion, in in LA and like all of the stuff is like around there ish right and then they start traveling yeah um but like this one obviously they can't travel so they do have like this entire resort to themselves so everybody like all the dudes get their own like space where so they're not like okay because usually they end up like sharing rooms with other guys for the first little while like just until there's fewer of them um but like yeah so they all have their own space and whatever and then like Claire has her own like villa on this in this resort but like one of the, the, like, individual dates she went on with this one dude was, like, they left the compound, essentially, and went out to some, like, campsite, and, like, baiting, it was, like, very bizarre, because they don't, they don't have the, like, ability to do any of the, like, sort of exotic stuff, so there's no, like, trips to Greece this time around, or whatever, so mm. it's just, like, a weird, it's a weird, it's a bit of a weird vibe, but it's super fun to watch these guys, like, not know how to react when there's another dude who's very clearly better than that the front runner yeah Yeah. and it's and it's so early and it's just so obvious and they're not like are they conniving on how to sabotage this or are they just oh this isn't fair no they were so the last week the group date that she had these like i don't know how eight of them maybe nine of them they like had to learn how to do some like stand-up comedy which just gave me like secondhand embarrassment in general oh the worst but they did a roast so it turned into like a roast and so the one guy started off roasting like the other guys that were up on stage like they were supposed to and then all Uh of the rest of them just talk shit about this dale who was like in the audience oh no Uh, and it was really and like margaret they like enlisted margaret cho to help out with this because she was like teaching them like how to deliver some of these jokes stuff she's fucking hilarious by the way uh yeah of course and there's this one dude uh, I can't remember his name, but he's he's Korean, like a Korean American, and he was so excited that she was there. Uh-huh. Um, he's like, she's like, she like, she's a queen of comedy anyway. He's like, but to see like another Korean American like on the same stage, he's like, that never happens. Like he was very excited, <laughs> uh, which is really cool. But like, it was really funny because you could even see her reaction, and I mean, I'm sure she's participated in roasts before, but you could see even in her reaction, she was like uncomfortable with the targeted. Like, this is going way too far. because it wasn't, like, the roast of Dale, where you see, like, a Comedy Central one. It's, like, the roast of Alec Baldwin, and everyone just talks shit about... It wasn't supposed to be that, and that's what it turned into. And and it was very, very uncomfortable. And then, like, later on, Claire was like, so, like, what was about... What was with all these jokes about Dale? And then, of course, the guys were upset because she was talking about it. And I was like, well, yeah, but y'all kind of did it to yourselves. Yeah, because it was petty and gross and just made you seem like children. Yeah. Like, the whole point is that you're supposed to be competing for her. And now what you're doing is you just showed her exactly why she shouldn't pick you. Yeah, because it's very clear that you are insecure in the relationship. Whatever yeah. whatever, whatever it is that you have with her right now, you're insecure uh, in mm-hmm. it. Because you can't handle Immensely. another dude around so like it's it's super entertaining in that way but it's not quite as fun because like they're not traveling to like exotic locations so it's it's not quite the not quite the same sort of there's been no champagne drama 
No, nothing yet. No, no sex in windmills yet. That happened one season. Like nothing, nothing good. Sex in windmills. Yeah, yeah. It was two bachelorettes ago. They were they were in. I don't know. If, I don't think know if it was in the middle. Oh, I thought you were saying that it was two bachelorettes, and I was like, whoa. No. <laughs> when did this? No, happen? but it was yeah. It was the bachelorette and one of her one of her suitors, and you know, it sex in a windmill apparently four times that night. You know, that's all I heard. That was like the story that was told. Anyway, whatever. Um. But it's funny, too, because watching it, because some of the people at work, we, we talk about it, like, the night, the morning after it airs or whatever, and we all kind of agree that this is the absolute perfect kind of chaos Bachelorette season that you would expect out of this, like, tire fire of a year. Yeah. For sure. That, like, no matter, there was no way it was going to be good, and so let's just lean into the chaos and just let it happen. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be so, fun to see. I'm wondering if... The guys are so upset because they get paid for how long they stay on the show. Like, you know, like Dancing with the Stars, you get paid more based on how far you go. I wonder if it's the same type of structure for the guys. I think it might be. I think I kind of feel like there's like a base and then if yeah. you make it past a certain point, then it becomes more. So I don't know that, like, each week necessarily it's a change. Hmm. But I think once you get to a certain point, you're making a bit more. You're making yeah. a bit more money, but I don't know exactly. But, I mean, like, these guys, and that's the other thing, too. So here's the here's the question that I have about the people who choose to be on the show. I mean, do what you want to do, right? If you want to go on there and pretend that you're there to find love, that's cool. If you're, like, legit just going there because you want people to know who you are, cool too. Whatever. I, you're, the yeah. reasons the reasons are irrelevant at this point in time. Uh, the very first, like, couple seasons, it was very much a novelty, right? It was like, well, I have nothing else has worked, so let's try this, right? Whereas now yeah. it's very much, like, lots of these guys before, like, once they get cast, or lots of the women, once they get cast, like, they have, they're represented by somebody, and there's, like, it's very much a pathway to... Some kind of notoriety. Some sort of fame, yeah. But I often wonder, like, there's dudes on this show that are, like, according to their bios, like, have, like, professional careers. Yeah. So, like, what kind of, like, this one dude who's not, who she sent home because he was just a fucking misogynist prick. Um, he has a daughter. And she's, like, she's young. He was, like, I don't know, 32 or something. And her, his daughter, like, from the way he had talked about her was like, you know, like five or six was sort of my guess. I don't think he ever actually mm-hmm. said, but he was talking about like the sacrifice that he was making, like being away from his daughter and he wasn't comfortable with some of the stuff that was happening. And I was like, well, why are you here then? Yeah, like, exactly. If, if that's your big, I don't feel like this is actually your legitimate big concern because you've if, already made the choice yeah. to be here. Yeah. And the thing he objected to is like the week before she had had, or the night before she had on like these guys on this, grouped it they were playing dodgeball and she made it turned it into like strip dodgeball just for like something entertaining and he thought that that was really classless and he kept telling her how classless it was and she was just like um she's like well can i can i explain something here and he's like no i'm not finished and, and that was just sort of the end of it and she sent him home. yeah it was uh it was a whole thing um but i always wonder like why why, if you have a professional career like if and i what i'm gonna say i'm not trying to make other career like careers sound better or worse or whatever but i understand it's probably easier perhaps like in a downturn and you're like a contractor or an electrician it's probably a lot Mm -hmm. easier to like not be at work than if you're like a lawyer 
or do you know what I mean? True, and you're getting paid in a different way. But there's also, I can imagine that it's also like a marketing tool, right? Mm-hmm. Because, of course, if you're on it, like just like when there's people from Edmonton on The Amazing Race, like they got a whole bunch of press and there mm-hmm. were interviews and stuff like that. Like, of course, it's going to happen and that would be people would remember that. They'd be like, oh, I heard him. I know his name. And he was on this and this and this. Like, Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah, I was just sure kind of wonder. Work. I was kind of wonder about, like, the, the career part of things. Mm-hmm. You know? Where... Like, how would you ask your boss for... Three months off. Ten weeks off work. Yeah. Yeah. To go on a show where... <laughs> you're trying to fuck a woman? Yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah, does that conversation go? Yeah, basically. So, yeah, I, I just always kind of wonder about that. And, like, I find it with the women, it's, the like, when it's The Bachelor and, like, the the contestants. And it's nice now that they're not even pretending. Like, they just call them contestants. Like, that's just what they are. Um, right. But it's, I always find it interest different, like, where you've got lots of, like, there'll be, uh, some of them will be, like, dental hygienists. And occasionally there's been, like, lawyers uh, and stuff like that. But lots of times it'll be, like, um, like, hairstylists or like makeup artists and things like that and I wonder if like it's easier to justify the time off or if they're in that kind of line of work if this is a way to like get into like into that scene somehow and so like those kind of make sense to me but like the dude like who's a contractor I'm like is that really gonna help yeah like you know because you're not exactly showcasing how great you are at building closets. No, but, like, the girl who's a hairstylist can yeah, show off sure that skill. Yeah, her hair fucking rocks every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she can absolutely... Or the girl who, like, who designs clothes or whatever. Like, she can show off those things Yeah, much easier than someone who's got, like, a, a different kind of career. So I'm, I'm always I'm kind of curious about that. But anyway, Bachelorette, it's crazy pants. It's a good two hours of absolute nothing. Uh, when it airs. Yeah, so you will have to keep me updated because there's no way I'm going to watch it myself. But if Instagram continues to believe that I'm a person who likes that show. <laughs> yeah, then you're, I'll just tell you the thing. I'll text you on Thursday when when things go down and I'll be like, oh my god, Kelsey. Oh my god. Great. Yeah, great, great. great. Um, do you want to do some questions? Yes, please. I got a whole bunch this week, which is nice. Uh, so we have one that we forgot to address oh and of course i didn't ago. think about it at all <laughs> uh, so i'll ask it well okay so the question was what is the worst book that you've enjoyed Which oh no i've got it twilight for sure mm, okay okay i have not read so i cannot comment the worst i was exactly book. the age that they wanted me to be when it came out okay and it was just absolute enjoyable trash and it's still trash to this day oh see i don't know i have to think about i'm guessing it's probably like i I don't know i try not to read shitty books like that's the other thing like if i don't like something i'm kind of like "Eh, i'm probably not gonna finish this yeah um it's probably like one of the elon hildebrand books i would assume because they're not great like they're fine but they're not great but they scratch an itch, right? They do, like, yeah. And you finish them. Yeah, and I finish them. And I've, I've never not enjoyed one. Some of them I've liked a lot more than others. But I've never, like, not, at the end of it, been like, well, that was a waste of time. 
Actually, wait, I have another answer, and it's a fucking Golden Compass books. Okay, interesting. They sucked so much. I was so mad. Interesting. And I read them because Larissa told me to. Yeah. And then I was like, this is the most fucked up shit. This is for children? What are you talking about? And she's like, wait, I don't remember that. And I was like, when did you read it last? And she was like, 15 years ago. And I'm like, what? What am I doing then? You don't even remember what these are about. So did you enjoy them or? No. So that's the thing though. This is the question. What's the worst book you enjoyed? Oh yeah, I guess so, That's the question. Because yeah, like I don't, I try not to read, like if I'm not, if I don't like something or I know it's really bad, I just don't read it. True. Because, like... Yeah, I, my original answer still sticks. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a, a follow-up to that question, then. Okay. What's a book that you've read that you know you should have liked, but didn't? Oh, so many. That one of your favorite books that I hated, because the dude in it was, like, a rapist. The one that takes place in India. The God of Small Things? Yes. Hated that book. Oh, I love it so much. Um, wait, so what was the question? The question is, like, what's a book that you know, like, you should have liked, but did it? Like, for, you know, it, it, like, checks all the boxes or whatever, or would have, like, normally it would, like, scratch an itch, ultimately, but, like, you just, you read it and you're like, no, I, no. Yeah, I think that one, which I know is crushing because you and I have such similar taste, but I really struggle to read... And stay engaged with books where the protagonist is so absolutely unlikable. Okay. And, yeah, that was a tough one. I'm tr- Oh, there's so many from university, but, like, that was ages ago. It's hard yeah, to remember. that was a long time ago. Stuff that you're forced to read and you're like, why? This oh, a, terrible a book. book that I was forced to read because I was working and co-teaching and had to teach it was The Fucking Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I hated that book too. Uh, and I know, I think like, we've discussed we, this. I think we like... have, and it's funny because if I mention it to someone, they'll be like, "But you should like it." I'm like, "I know I should, but let me tell you how angry I'm, it made me at the end." Like, it yeah. was just, and not angry at like the dystopia in the book. No, I was angry at the absolute... book. I was no, I think I was really angry at the characters because she, she had absolutely no even attempt to have agency for herself and i was just like well you you know that this system is unjust and yet you're willing to do absolutely nothing about it Mm -hmm. like yeah super frustrating it was very much like it it was it when and it was funny too because i read it and then when i when i watched uh silver linings playbook and Bradley Cooper's character throws whatever that book is like out of the window, the second story window of that was something like that is how I felt about that in <laughs> Wasn't it like Hemingway or some or something? Shit? Yeah, it was just like something that's like super, super pretentious. Oh, I read um Slaughterhouse Five. Hated that book. Oh, did you? Just thought it was just an absolute rambling piece of like cocaine fueled nonsense. <laughs> That's really funny to me, and I'll tell you why when we're not recording. Um, oh, okay. That's good. Uh, yeah, no, for me, I think it's Handmaid's Tale. Oh, was it Tale. someone's favorite book? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a favorite book, and it's just funny to me. Um, or one of. It's such a fucking pretentious favorite book. I can't even get over it, but okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think for me it's Handmaid's Tale. And, like, there's some other stuff that I have tried to read. And I know we've both talked about this before. What book that I absolutely hated, it was one of the very few that I did not finish. Uh, in when I was still, like, very much a completionist. I was like, no, I have it. I have to read it. Was uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell. <gasps> I tried to read that too and it fucking sucked. I hate, I got through, like, maybe 55 pages of it. And I was like, fuck this book. And it sat on my shelf with the bookmark just taunting me for years until I just gave it away. I was like, I can't have this book yes. in my house anymore. It absolutely should have been something that was totally in my wheelhouse. And I was so, so upset by how bad it was. I was like, there has been 200 pages and fucking nothing has happened yet. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh my god. So disappointing. But it's always funny to me talking about books with people because, like, the things that people like... And I always try and guess the kind of things that people like based on, like, the TV shows. And, and it's, I'm never right because I don't know what people like to read. Um, and I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite book. I'm like, really? Have you ever read anything else? But I'm trying really hard not to be judgmental. <laughs> like, I don't say it out loud, but in my, <laughs> but in oh, my head... Man, it's killing me. <laughs> in my head, I think that a lot about the books that people like. Um... And I'm just kind of like, okay, that's your favorite. If that's what you like, cool. Uh-huh. Like, on the one hand, like, you're reading, sure, but also, like, read another book, maybe? Yeah, maybe I feel one. like people could say that about us based on our love of Mockingbird, though. Like... Yeah, but I've I've read other things, and I, I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't relate everything back to that, unlike people who have apparently have only ever read Harry Potter, and, like, everything is a Harry Potter reference. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, and they're just, like, having absolute existential meltdowns right now because yeah. of how terrible J.K. Rowling is. And they're yeah. like, but, but, and it's just like, yeah, there's other fucking books out there. And that's coming from me, someone who's obsessed with those books. Like, there's other books like The Chronicles of Narnia, which are better. But there's other genres. Like, yeah, there's other genres. There's no fucking magic in a whole bunch things. of other books. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Actually, another one that I read that I was really upset I didn't like was the Discovery of Witches series, because, like, so much potential, mostly because the show has Matthew Good in it, Mm, and I was just like, oh, I could get into these books, and then I was just like, no, this fucking sucks so much. Yeah, that's fair. It was just, like, Twilight, but witches. It was, like, brutal. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I know, like, we both read, like, we obviously like the things that we like, but I, like, try and read some stuff every once in a while that is, like, challenging. Just, like, Mm -hmm. just for the sake of the challenge, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So my next challenge, um, you're gonna roll your eyes at me, um, is... Fucking the completed works of... Henry James. Why would I do that? Because <laughs> it would be stupid. <laughs> why would I do that? No. Um, <sighs> you're the worst. No, so there's a... <laughs> okay, so there's a, there's an Irish an Irish uh, author, and I don't even know how to pronounce his name in English. Okay, uh, I could have fucking called this too, but okay. <laughs> apparently this is, uh, apparently his name is Martin O'Kane. Anyway, no, he's he's written this book uh, in Irish, and it's been translated into two different English versions. 
Um, and oh. I, so, okay, so th- this is what, it's considered one of the greatest novels written in the, in the Irish language. It was published in 1949, which is the same year that, like, Ireland got its independence. So, like, there's some, like, things yeah. wrapped up in sort of the, the, the lore about the book itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been translated as, uh, like, the literal translation from Irish means Earth of the Church, but it's been translated as, like, Graveyard Clay graveyard soil graveyard earth church and clay and the dirty dust and there's two translations of it one is called graveyard clay and the other one's called the dirty dust and i've read some really interesting things about like the differences in the translations and i'd really like to read them both um mm, i wish i could read the what's... irish but i'm i, I can't yeah because uh, the irish language makes no sense to me um but i and it wasn't published in english the first time until 2016 so it existed only in irish for like almost 70 years which i think is also really interesting yeah, like, do you blame them? <laughs> no, no, I don't. But I just think that, like, the fact that this book, and, like, it's considered one of the greatest in the language, and it never got translated, and so now it's been translated twice. And the one, I think, that is the more scholarly translation is the one that's um, uh, Graveyard Clay, and then The Dirty Dust, I think, is, like, the sort of less scholarly translation. So is this a, a posthumous translation, then? Um, that's a great question. He's got to be dead. Well, I think he's dead. But he he di- oh, yeah, he died in, in 1970. Yeah, so I wonder yeah. if that's a controversial thing that now it's been translated into English. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, or that's... if his estate requested it or whatever the fuck. Who knows, yeah, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he also was the, yeah, so Martin O'Kane, like, he also translated, um, he wrote three novels and only this one was published during his lifetime. The other two were published, uh, after he died, um, in Irish, but then the other, uh, he's also translated a bunch of stuff from English into Irish. He, so he was very, he was one of those sort of, but he was like an Irish Republican sort of Irish nationalist, that kind of, that kind of guy. But anyway, so I'm, I'm just, uh. I want to read them both because I think that there's sort of something to, I think there's sort of something to the, the look at the differences in the translation and that kind of thing. So that's going to be my next like challenge book ultimately. That's, it's a super neat idea. Um, I want you to know that I did buy Bear Town. Did you? It's been on my shelf since July. <laughs> well, it's a very good book and I hope you read it and then we can talk about it. I know. And I bought it because I wanted you to be proud of me. <laughs> I am. I'm always proud of you. What are you talking about? Get out of here. <laughs> Just sat on my shelf. Uh, oh, you're funny. Okay. Um, quarantine Project. Worst book you enjoyed. Got those ones out of the way. Uh, it's a sports question. Are you okay with a sports question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. It's, a, it's an interesting one. It's what is the toughest division in North American sports? Oh God, you can answer this better. So than me. I, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good question because right now I'm watching Sunday Night Football game and it's the Cowboys and the Eagles, and uh, between them it is now week eight I believe, and between the two teams they have four wins. Um, yeah, Chris was telling me about this how they were like at the top of the thing, but they only had two wins a few weeks ago, and I was like, what? Yeah, so the NFC East is the division that they're in. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles and the New York Giants and the Washington Football Team. Um, <laughs> which is their name now, so that's their name. Yeah, so their records are two, four, and one. 
two five and zero, two five and zero, and one six and zero. That's crazy. It's so bad. Like it's an awful division. The argument though is, is it a tough division because all of the teams are bad, so bad? But or is it, no, it's just they're very... they're fucking terrible. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Um, in the NFC West, on the other hand, again, it's week eight, uh, and some of the teams have had a buy and some haven't, but there's all four teams are above 500, which like doesn't usually happen that late in the season. Interesting. Yeah. So, but I, so it was a discussion about this is where it would, was born out of is because of this like God awful division. And like the Eagles are t- on top of the division because they had the one tie, but they've still only mm-hmm. won two games. Like, it's just absolutely stupid. Uh, and right now they're beating the Cowboys fifteen to nine. So are they? I don't know how it works in football, but are they doing like cross divisional games? Yeah. So they yeah they usually okay. do. So in in the NFL they'll play sixteen games in a season. There's four teams in each division, so they'll play each of their divisional opponents twice, once at home and once away. And okay. then they'll play another team from their conference, like a game against each team. So two of those will be home games and two of those will be away games. And then they'll play a division from the other conference. Like a full gotcha. division. So that's the works out to what? 16, 14 games. And then the other two games are like, I can't remember how they scheduled. It's like you play a team from uh, your conference and then another division that you're not already playing who like finished at the same spot as you like it's i don't understand any of it like i don't get oh it's almost like a wild card situation kind of because they used to just do a 14 game season and now they go to this to the 16 game one and so that they had to figure out a way to like get these two other games in there so that's right that's how that works um so these teams like are playing each other like the cowboys and eagles play twice and the cowboys and washington play twice and so like they do have to play against the rest of the teams in their division and they're fucking hot garbage Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was talking to a friend of mine about this who asked the question, and we we're talking about football and why this is dumb, and like maybe it's the NFC West where like all the teams are above five hundred. But then his response was, in baseball, he thinks that it's the American League East where like the Yankees and the Rays and the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and the Orioles are. Okay. And he's like, if it's not for the sake of competition, he's like, just the market share. It's it's just hard to play. Because yeah, you're all competing. You're all competing over yeah a very similar fan base. But also, size, like almost. if you are also if you are the Orioles, like that's a fucking shitty division to be in because you're never gonna win. Yeah, true. like one of those five teams is always gonna be just like dog shit because they play each other so many times during the season. Yeah, that they're just gonna come out on the on the losing end of too many of those games, uh, and I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, but it was just an interesting question because it got me thinking about how, like, in football and in baseball, because their divisional games are so important for, like, playoff implications and stuff, those divisions are way more important. Whereas, like, in hockey, it's not nearly as important. Mm. Um, and, like, I don't know about basketball. I'm not sure how basketball playoffs are structured, but I don't think they're that important either. In terms of, I think it's no, more important it's... conference-wise than divisional. Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever it is, it has to be a football or a baseball division. Like, it has to be one of those two is the is the hardest one to play in for sure for sure huh. um interesting okay i have some halloween-ish questions um you have not yet watched the netflix movie holiday have you no okay so once you do then we'll save that question for 
for when you get there. Okay. Uh, Have you the, watched it? I did. I watched it on like Thursday. <laughs> like, and okay. here we are. It was fine. I enjoyed it. It was like it was like what I expected it to be. Which All is right, yeah, it was entertaining enough. Um, okay, what is rank your Halloween candy or chocolate best to wear? So let's do like favorite and least favorite. Oh, so let's do like a candy is... and a chocolate. So a candy oh, is okay. a non-chocolate, and then the chocolate. What's your favorite candy? Favorite chocolate, and then least. My least favorite of anything is those fucking toffee things. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, toffee or licorice. The weird, like, no, the weird off. ones that are, like, wrapped up with, like, the ghost wrappers. You know what I mean. Those, like, yes. Yeah, those are the absolute worst. You should just start fires with them. They are no good for anything. No. Hate, yeah, all of that gross, like, grandma candy. Fuck yes. off. Favorite candy, though? Dots. Like, oh really yeah my mom always buys like a little package of like the tootsie roll stuff at halloween because the dots is made by the same people and so i got like a little bag of halloween treats and there were three boxes of dots in there because that was all that was in this little oh. package and they're like my absolute favorite i like any sour candy and then for chocolate hmm Probably Smarties, to be honest. Really? Okay, true or false? Halloween size chocolate bars are better than full size chocolate bars. True. Why? What's your rush? I agree, but I want to know why you think that. There's something about the fun size that adds to the deliciousness. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it. I scientifically, think, I don't know. I think it's because on average, there's more chocolate per like to filling ratio oh, than in a full-size bar because even if you take two bites you're still like each of the bites you get like the end of the bar but i don't think that applies to smarties fair I think enough that's only fair enough bars fair enough because like i would say i also like sour candies for the the halloween candies and one of my other favorites is rockets i fucking love those things yes me and too. that's the other thing that goes in my halloween treat bag for my mom so i get like dots like some of the fruit flavored tootsie roll stuff because i'm not really a fan of tootsie rolls my dad likes the tootsie rolls so it's a good split for both of us and then she puts like a handful of, of like rockets rolls and that's my halloween treat and it's the best thing um a good chalky candy is unbeatable it's true it's true and like one that yeah, and they're so good. They're, and I don't know if there's... A, are there different flavors? I don't even know. It doesn't matter if the different colors I feel like my heart, my heart says yes. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have someone redundant. I'll, I'll report back. Um, Great. So at work, we were talking... Uh, at work, we were talking about uh, chocolate stuff. And the, the consensus good chocolate, but only in Halloween size, is Coffee Crisp. No! Oh, my God! <laughs> I get so angry about why they fucking put Coffee Crisp in the goddamn favorites box every year. Nobody eats them. I like them. My favorite, though, is caramel. But a, well, hell yeah. a whole caramel bar, way too much. Two pieces. Way too much. Problem solved. Yes. Like the On mini this size. fucking 30 year old body? You shitting me? The Can't mini. Eat a whole caramel bar? But even when I was like, it's just too sweet, but it's perfect. And I was talking to a buddy at work about it, and I was like, I like them. And caramel is probably my favorite chocolate bar just in general because mm -hmm. every square is the exact same. So, like, you get yes. the same amount of caramel and chocolate every time. 
there's no mm-hmm. there's no difference and that's what i like about it yeah consistency is yeah. so important also the little times. the little fuzzy peaches that you can get versus like the big ones like the little ones in the little maynard's packages i think are better than the big fuzzy peach slices I have never been a fan of fuzzy peaches ever. I don't like the taste of peach or the texture of peach. And so like fuzzy peaches have never been my thing. But those little tiny Swedish fish, Mm -hmm. hell yeah. Or like the little 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 fucking Sour Sour Patch Patch Kids. Yeah, I know. They're delicious. Cherry Blasters. Fuck yeah. There is something about the small size candy because you know like the mini M&M's? Yeah, they're the best tasting M&M's. They taste way better than than regular M&M's. Absolutely, they so do. Um, okay, another Halloween question. Uh, bah, 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 bah. How much? Well, this is from uh, my friend Tara, and she's like, "How much of your kids' Halloween candy did you eat?" And I'm like, "Well, I bought some to take to school, and then I wasn't sure if I should, so I didn't. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that." <laughs> um, my husband bought a box of a hundred favorites, even though he's not here for Halloween. He's like, "Just put it out in a bowl on the lawn." or whatever the or on the stairs or whatever the fuck and i was like you're not even gonna be here you can't dictate what i'm gonna do with this halloween candy <laughs> so i didn't do anything with it <laughs> except eat oh, it so perfect uh and then the last yep. halloween question is what was your favorite halloween costume when you were a kid oh man i will answer first well you think i did not like halloween all that much when i was a kid i don't like getting dressed up or anything i didn't like people paying attention to me even then so like i had a really hard time with yeah being in a costume but when i was in grade four i think i decided to be like a skeleton and my mom before i went to school that day she like painted this wicked like this amazing face paint uh that if i had a picture of i would show it to you um so that was probably my favorite and I think the last time I, like, w- like voluntarily wore a costume other than to, like, brownies because, you know, they were small children, so we had to. Um, yeah. Was, like, I was 12. <laughs> like, I stopped trick-or-treating when I was 12. And then I don't, like, go to Halloween parties and I just don't like it very much. I feel like the favorite ones I've done have been as an adult. Like, at the school we taught at that one year, I was... Wayne and another teacher was Garth. I do remember. That was a good one. And then a different year, I was Piglet. And there's like aid staff. We're all like characters from 100 Acre Wood. Like it's just group costumes are much more fun. That's cute. I can't remember like a single fucking costume I did as a kid. Yeah, I just like, I never, I never really liked Halloween. I didn't mind like the trick-or-treating part and stuff. But like the dressing up and the planning of the costumes and stuff. Like I just... I didn't care enough. And it yeah, wasn't fun for me. Yeah, the thing about... Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about, like, trick-or-treating in Canada is that regardless of what your fucking costume is, you're gonna have to wear your goddamn snowsuit It's true. Anyway. And if not, like, it is... <laughs> you are fortunate. Yes. Me and my sister were just talking about this because she said... The last two years, she's lived in different places, but they've gotten rain on Halloween, oh, and they've been like, what the fuck? So I <laughs> noticed so in that picture, if you guys check out our Twitter, I posted a picture of uh, Kelsey's youngest niece uh, and her like Halloween haul, and one of the things she got was a full-size bag of dill pickle chips. <laughs> which She sure did. Which I, I, I sent Britt a message, and I was just like, is that, are those dill pickle chips? And she's like, yep. 
was like, that is amazing. A full bed. I think people like thought that there'd be way less kids out this year. So they kind of like splurged for full size stuff. Mm -hmm. Little did they know fucking everybody did trick or treating this year. So I think they're kind of running out of what they expected to be. Yeah, she got fucking like full size chocolate bars, like full cans of pop. Like she really got a shit ton. She did. How old is she now? She is six. Well, her birthday's on uh, Wednesday. So did she have to go home halfway through and like dump her stuff off? Because I sort of feel like. I don't think so. Not that I heard. Uh, And also, she's a fucking trooper, though. So I think she would have just been like, "No, we're still going." (laughs) Yeah, I believe that. (laughs) I've been around her when she's been in a mood. I I believe it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, yeah, Halloween is good because I saw some stuff on like Instagram and whatever. Like some of my friends who took did take their kids trick or treating, and lots of the neighborhoods where there are lots of kids like people had like little candy shoots and stuff like that so they had like which i thought was really cool like what a great idea and one of my buddies i was like you just need to you just need like a rube goldberg machine he's like well i'm already thinking about it for next year (laughs) absolutely some some kind of fun stuff um i saw someone i can't remember who it was on twitter somebody had like they had a leaf blower attached to the end of their the tube so they like you'd put the candy in the tube and the leaf floor would like shoot it. So they had like an X on the driveway where you had to stand, and that's like where it would hit. It was, oh my yeah, like, god! Yeah, just stuff like that, which I think is kind of cool, right? It gives you like that opportunity just, to like. Next year they're just gonna get a full on fucking trebuchet <laughs> yeah. and just launch them into the sky. Yeah, not pretty much. But yeah, I thought it was kind of neat seeing like what people had done. And like a, a friend of mine, she's got two kids, and one in grade two, I think, and one in preschool and so they had this like sh- these strings of pumpkin lights that they put at the front of their yard and they made like a little fake little gate that they don't up, up across their walkway that they don't normally have and then the girls helped pack the bags of treats and they put on clothespins like above each light so someone could just like come and take could you just grab a it yeah bag and all that kind of stuff. I, thought of that. I thought it was like it was just a neat way to do it because i know for some people like missing out on halloween especially for their kids is like a real bummer huge yeah uh, well in a year where there's been such a loss of normalcy like this is really a tough one to take mm-hmm. away from kids it's so fun and it's so it's also so um what's the word I'm looking it's so for? innocent it doesn't hurt anybody yes like there's there's just something so inherently childlike about it yeah but I saw some, like, whack-ass decorations. Somebody in my neighborhood had a full-size Ursula blow-up from Little Mermaid. Oh, that's weird. I I was like, what? That's terrifying. (laughs) But also, how is that Halloween or relevant? Yeah, well, maybe all the other inflatables... (laughs) Maybe all the other inflatables were gone, and so that's all they could get. I don't know. Yeah, true. Okay, I have one more question. Okay. Which I asked you at the beginning, which is why we're ready to talk about age differences. <laughs> what is the okay. most dramatic age difference in a movie relationship that you still find believable or relatable? So the examples that I was given were like Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt, Sam Elliott and mm-hmm. Laura Prepon, or Woody Allen and Helen Hunt, and so on. And the other, the like, the second way of phrasing the question is uh, rather than who is the sexiest old man, who is the oldest man who retains sexiness? Which I think is a different question. That's an extremely different Which question. Which we can address in another time. So let's just deal with the movie relationship yeah. one. Uh, 
I think like any of the dynamics in Curious Case of Benjamin Button are <laughs> amazing. That's what we need to aspire to. Some sorry, uh, I was I stopped laughing and then I looked at like the graph of my laughter and I started again. <laughs> Did you really peek hard on that one? We're gonna blow some speakers. No, but it's just it's just so rhythmic. It's really funny. Um. Yeah, I know it's just somehow not surprising to me that your first answer or the first answer to this question had to do with Brad Pitt because who are we <laughs> if not a Brad Pitt podcast apparently? <laughs> well, on the like on the opposite side of that question, I would say the one that made me like super grossed out is that fucking teen that's trying to fuck him in Once Upon a Time in that Hollywood. That was super was gross. Like, yes. Oh, that's yeah, true. Gross. That is true. Um, yeah, I just, it's just funny that Brad Pitt was the first, somehow, <laughs> somehow the first answer. Um, oh, and I've had this question for, like, since, like, Tuesday, and I still don't know if I have a real answer. No, I think, like, you gave an example of, um, As Good As It Gets. With- yeah. Helen Hunt and I think that one's Jack like, Nicholson. I don't see that one's okay. one's okay. I don't love I don't love Jack Nicholson's character in it, but like it it works no. for what they're doing, and so I think that one's okay. And I think a lot of that is just lifted up by how amazing Helen Hunt is and how criminally undercast she is. Yes, but... I will say actually one that I don't mind, and I had to have to like look at actual ages and stuff is in like the ninety four Little Women. Mm. I don't think I like I think that the casting of Professor Bear was perfect in the was it? in what they were trying to accomplish. Isn't it not Gabriel Byrne? I think it's Gabriel Byrne. Is it not? Oh yes. You're I right. think and I, I think, think that is. was perfect with what they were trying to accomplish in that movie. Yeah, and it made it made logical sense and it wasn't creepy. However, I'm really upset at myself for talking shit against Emma Thompson but in Emma Thompson's sense and sensibility mm-hmm. Alan Rickman and young Kate Winslet is just mm-hmm. too much to bear it's too far it's way too far yeah there yeah I would agree that's too far apart um but it's an interesting question because like there there come like there's the jokes right about like women in Hollywood and you know that that age difference and how like mm-hmm. you know I mean, there's, like, the Leonardo DiCaprio thing where you can graph the ages of his girlfriends and he hasn't ever dated anyone who's, like, older than 25. Yeah. But then, like, I'm thinking, like, Viggo Mortensen and Liv Tyler in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, he's, he's got to be, what, 15 years older than her minimum? Something like that, yeah. And it didn't feel But he also... Gross. No, it didn't feel gross, but he also, like, had the, the role that he was playing made it, I think, not feel gross. I think that was part of it, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, whereas if it was, like, Viggo Mortensen in Eastern Promises and Liv Tyler, that would be a different question. That would be very different. But still, Naomi Watts is about that same age, but I didn't feel... Well, no, maybe she's a bit older. No, she's a bit older. Um, now I want to... Mm. Now I just want to know how old oh just like tom cruise and any of his female cast members except for Nicole Kidman. <laughs> uh, rebecca ferguson yeah, yeah actually that's a fair i think that's pretty fair i think he i yeah it's, it's a little bit too far Mm-hmm. so yeah like i mean the examples that were given are pretty good examples because i do think that like jack nicholson helen hunt i think that's like a, a maybe about as far as it can go and i think it's 
partially because the older the older the woman is, the older the man mm-hmm. can be and it's less weird. Yes. Right? Like but if like if Helen Hunt is ten years younger in that, then Jack Nicholson is way too old. Yeah. Yeah. If Helen Hunt was like Laura Dern era Jurassic Park, not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not that's good. Fair. That's fair. I'm just so Vigo Mortensen right now is sixty two. Yes. What? Yeah. My first love. Yeah, he's sixty two. Uh and Liv Tyler is forty three. Yeah. So okay. yeah, that's so, that, but but when Lord of the Rings was made, you're right, it didn't feel like it was that far apart. It didn't feel like that, no. Um But yeah, I just I found that that was like I thought it was an interesting question because it got me thinking about how some of those relationships are portrayed. And I think that like I don't know what the actual age difference is, but I think it very much hinges on how old the woman is in order to make it believable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter to me if the woman happens to be older than the men, then it I don't it doesn't feel creepy or weird at all. And no, I and I think it's it's tricky to for so long there was a Western societal norm that like older men would marry younger women, mm-hmm. and it was bad and it was gross, and it shouldn't have happened. And so for period piece films, I understand why that would still be the case. However, (laughs) you cannot have fucking 50-year-old Brad Pitt seducing Andy McDowell's daughter. (laughs) That is (laughs) untenable. It's unacceptable. It's true. It it absolutely is. It is. I agree. Um, Yeah, that's, that's very true. I like that your. I still do like that your answer was Benjamin Button. No, that's great. That's really funny. It's a beautiful movie, Megan, and I don't think it gets enough cred. Well, and on the other hand, depending on how someone would want to like look at this question, there's like that whole weird question of Edward in Twilight and how old he actually oh, is yeah. being contracted to a yeah. high school student, which is like not okay at the end of the day. No, and the Discovery of Witches books are literally exactly the same. He's like a vampire who's lived for centuries, and she's like, she's like a PhD candidate or some shit, so she's older, but he's still like, no, we won't have sex till we're married. And I'm just like, Matthew Good, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I know you don't live this way. (laughs) I watch The Crown. I know what happens. Um... I know what happens. Yeah, anyway, I don't Yeah, I don't know if I have, like, a legit answer, but I do like your Benjamin Button answer, and we should probably cut it right there, because we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes. Great. Uh, that's all we have great, for great, this week. Great. You can find our things on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. There is an Instagram. There is a Twitter. Uh, yeah, there's a website, Of which too. Megan tweets from. <laughs> I tweet from it every once in a while. Yeah, it's good fun. Super fun times when that happens. Um, oh, boy, the Dallas Cowboys are really bad. Sorry. Um... And uh, we have an email address that you can send things to. It would be nice to get emails there that weren't just like you have signed in on another device. I'm like, I'm well aware. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But also, like, no no dick pics, no spam. No, we don't like those things. No. Um, which, like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who gets emailed, so I don't know if Kelsey would ever notice anyway. 
<laughs> but, no, probably not. but if we ever get something like that, I'd be like, oh my God, guess what someone sent us. But please don't. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>